Everybody, I am Sean Graham. Scott is not alongside as he normally would be. He is off gallivanting around Europe, partly for work, partly for fun. So I am here on my own recording on a Sunday night after a less than competitive Continental Cup of Curling took place over there in London, Ontario. Yes, the European team with a blowout victory of Team Canada. The final score, 37.5 to 22.5. And And you know what? 15-point difference really doesn't even do justice to how much better Team Europe was over the four days than Team Canada was, Uh, partly because the event was decided early on in the final draw was the fourth end Oscar Erickson makes a shot to put Europe over the threshold so the decision was made by Curling Canada and TSN in conjunction with each other that the games would go six ends only so Team Canada gets three bonus points really they split the final two points in each games and the way it was going would have expected Team Canada to get those three points. So the it just it was just a complete domination of Team Canada by Team Europe. And it's not like what happened last year. If you remember the 2019 Continental Cup out there in Vegas, Team Europe only needed a point going into the Sunday evening skins games. And Team North America did a really good job of just getting carryovers, getting the occasional skin here and there. And it took until the eighth end and Eve Muirhead had to make a hit to win for the world squad. This year, not so much. They wrapped it up pretty early and there was even a chance that they could have won it in the afternoon. But uh, some nice shots down the stretch for Team Canada and it pushed it to the evening. So overall, there's really not much to say. The Canadian team did not play well. Uh, certain things stood out in terms of shot making. Brendan Botcher, in particular, struggled throughout the week. He, they, they didn't show a replay in the tonight's game, the Sunday night game, but it looked like he almost fell coming out of the hack once, or certainly yeah, at least a speed wobble coming out of the hack. Uh, so he wasn't quite uh, at the level that we've seen him at over the past couple of years. And overall, as a team, Chelsea Carey was a little bit off. I mean, well, I mean, it's, they were all a little bit off, but those are the two that I really noticed were Chelsea Carey and Brendan Botcher sort of off their games from what we would normally expect. On the other side, Team Europe did not miss very much whatsoever. Uh, some great shot making there. That Probably the shot of the week is Sophia Maberg's shot in the mixed doubles game to win on Friday afternoon. Uh, to score five on a comeback victory in a game on Friday. So just overall complete domination. There's really not much to say about the curling and about what happened on the ice. The score, this is a case where the score kind of tells it all. And if anything, the score is flattering 
to Team Canada that, that they only lost by 15 points. Uh, just in every aspect of this event, the European squad was better. They won the women's team games. They won the men's teams, team games. They won on mixed doubles. They won on scramble. They won on the skins. Every discipline in this event, the European team won. The closest would have been the, the women's team games where it was two to one but otherwise just total domination so not really that much to say about what happened on the ice where i do want to talk a little bit about what happened is on saturday night and what was at best a cringeworthy game to watch on saturday evening in the mixed scramble so if you missed it we had a situation where the teams were all mixed up as they like to do. It's fun for TV. I think the players, generally speaking, enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe last night uh, with an exception to that. But in the afternoon, it was men's skips. Or excuse me, in the morning, it was men's skips. In the evening, it was women skips, which meant that Rachel Homan was skipping a team of BJ Newfeld, Joanne Courtney, and Ben Hebert. And they were playing Anna Hasselberg, Oscar Erickson, uh, Agnes, the, the second for Anna Hasselberg, whose last name I always have trouble with, and Christopher Sundgren. And this, this was the TV game. And it's probably a good thing it was a TV game because it, it, it didn't put any of the men in a good light. And it was really just blaringly obvious as to what was going on on this sheet uh, with maybe the exception of Christopher Sundgren who didn't seem to be involved in anything but BJ Newfeld and Ben Hebert in particular did not come off well in this game they really were trying to seemingly push Rachel Holman towards shots that she did not want to throw. And every time that Rachel was going to call a shot, there was some, some sort of comment from the two of them to the point where it, it got kind of uncomfortable to watch. And there was a shot in, I believe it was the sixth end, where Rachel Holman has a potential double a cross house thin double that she was maybe looking at uh, or draw for one get the carry over and in the course of the discussion Ben Hebert and BJ Neufeld were somewhat aggressive in trying to advocate for this double and you look at the the situation that Kevin Cooey's probably going to throw that shot. Rachel Holman, in a lot of cases, you know, it probably throws that shot too. I don't know. But she was not comfortable with it. You know, Ben Hebert at one point, like they were talking, the classic thin third, thick quarter discussion, right? Ben Hebert comes down and says, it's a third of a rock and you get it all day. And it's, and sort of this, and he says it in this way is like, it's easy. Of course you have to do it. And Rachel Holman said, I don't think that's right. She said, you know, I don't think a third does it. 
you know, there's a stone next to the one they would have been hitting that maybe it catches the back of. She thought it would have caught the back of it. And so that's what she expresses. She said, I don't think a third has it. And Ben Heber just said repeatedly, a third gets it, a third gets it. And BJ Newfeld starts saying it. Then they call a timeout. Jeff Stoughton comes out. This looks even worse because then the discussion turns into Jeff Stoughton, Ben Hebert, and B.J. Newfeld talking around Rachel Homan. Rachel Homan, three-time Scottish champion in her 20s, one of the best women's players, uh, one of the best players that we've seen in a really long time, is not really involved in the discussion between these three people, despite the fact that she's the one throwing the shot. And it, it just, it was a bad look for these guys. And, you know, throw out the obvious reasons why it's bad, just from a team management perspective. I don't care who the skip is. The skip is the one who has to throw the shot. They should be involved in the decision-making process. Throw out all the other stuff. That was wrong, just in a team management perspective. But then you throw in the fact that they're not listening to what Rachel Homan is saying in the decision-making process. It, it really was a bad look for them. Eventually, Rachel Homan just says, enough. I don't want to talk anymore. And they decide to throw the draw. They mentioned this on TV, too. Once they decide to throw the draw, there is no discussion about the speed of the ice, the, the line or anything. So she throws and she misses it. She comes up well short of the house. And it was the most easy thing to predict because once she was in the like you could just tell how frustrated Rachel Holman was with what that situation uh, was and how it was playing out. And she missed a shot, which I don't think is a reflection on Rachel Holman in that moment. It's a reflection on her teammates that they were not allowing her to come to this decision, to throw the shot that she was the most comfortable with. Again, the thrower is the one who has to ultimately, in my opinion, make the decision, especially when they're the skip, because they're the ones throwing it. And if they don't believe in the shot, it's never going to get made. So th this whole situation really, really was bad. Uh, I, I tweeted out that that was a situation with probably too much discussion. I think that was a really nice way to put it, that the discussion that was going on wasn't really a discussion. It was B.J. Newfeld, Ben Hebert, and then when Jeff Stoughton came out, just talking uh, around the person who had to throw it. So just a really bad look there. And then at one point, Oscar, I don't know what, what was up with Oscar Erickson last night either. Uh, he had a few moments where he was, was acting, I, I mean, I think he was trying to have fun, uh, but it didn't come off that great uh you know at one point joanne courtney when she was sweeping touched a stationary stone and i think he tried to make a joke about it but he did it in a poor way that that joanne courtney did not seem to appreciate and i don't know what was going on in this discussion but rachel holman she called somebody a dick during the the game and we're, i'm pretty sure it was oscar erickson so you know so he 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 didn't come off very well in this game either you know it just was a really cringeworthy, not fun game to watch. Throw out the score, right? Europe wins the game 9-4. Anna Hasselberg plays great. Throw that out, right? It's everything else. And it was it was not a fun game to watch. It was it was uncomfortable. It was cringeworthy. And, you know, if, if I were a coach, I, 
this is as I'm speaking right now, they have not uploaded this particular game to YouTube yet. A lot of the games from the week they have uploaded. I hope they upload the Saturday night draw. And I hope coaches throughout the world use the Saturday night Team Canada dynamic in clinics with their players as an example of what not to do. It it really was not a it was not an environment that was conducive to success. Now, the team was playing poorly, right? Part of that would have to do with, you know, it's hard at the club level. It's hard to ice people who you don't know how they throw, you know, trying to get used to that. The, the weather in London was crazy as it was across Ontario throughout the weekend. It was raining and it was above freezing. So the ice was doing some weird things, playing with people who you don't usually play with. Ice. So they were missing a lot of shots. So that on its own is frustrating. Team Canada for the week was not playing well. They're down by a bunch. So that is frustrating. So overall, you have all these compounding. And it's third day in a row that you've been at the rink for 10 hours. So all of these factors together would lead you to be tired and grumpy. And I get that. So you have to even work even harder to create a positive team environment. And you can't let that seep into uh, your play, both the physical and the mental play. And the level of, of frustration that was coming out for Team Canada, and, I, and frankly, in Rachel Holman's case, completely justified. Uh, you know, if BJ Newfeld and Ben Hebert were talking the way that they were talking to her, to me, I'd be frustrated with them too. So just a cringeworthy game. I think it's an example of of what not to do. I hope that BJ Newfeld, Ben Hebert have a chance to watch that back at some point. And I, I wonder what their reaction to it would be. And I, I really do think that it could be used as a teaching tool for coaches. So just a, a real cringeworthy Saturday night at the Canada Cup of, or at the Continental Cup for Team Canada. It came up on the broadcast a little bit but not as much as maybe it could have or perhaps even should have. So that was my big takeaway from the Canada Cup, or the, keep calling it the Canada Cup, the Continental Cup of curling for 2020. Team Europe completely dominates, and we have a very cringeworthy Saturday night. And I, I hope, as I said, I hope, that game gets posted. If you missed it, check it. Just check it out. It's it's the second. It's the whole game. It's going on, but certainly in the second half of the game, you can see uh, what's going on. And I hope they up if they upload it, they upload it in its entirety and don't cut any of of what happened out. Uh, even though there's a bunch of cursing in it. So there you have it. That's my thoughts on what happened. Love to hear what you all think. Uh, got some reactions on Twitter on Saturday nights and, and a bit on Sunday as well. I, I, it's, it's difficult not being there. And uh, Rachel Holman did not do the media scrum after the game, nor did anyone from the team do the, at least the recorded media scrum. And in all the written stories that I've seen from Saturday night, nobody interviewed anybody about this 
which is a little disappointing, but I'm not surprised based on the type of stories that tend to get written at curling events and the way curling Canada does the media scrums afterwards for the, the YouTube channel. I'm not really surprised that that, that was not included in that, uh, but I'm hoping that maybe in the coming days there is some discussion about what happened. We'll see because the reaction on Twitter from some folks was uh, justifiably, I think, very strong. Rachel Holman, as far as I know, I haven't seen any social media activity from her commenting on it, nor anyone from the team. So we'll see if anything happens from this, if anything comes out from it. But certainly a lot of fans did notice what was going on. So uh, let me know what you think. You know, if I'm being too harsh, you think I'm being too harsh on Ben Hebert and BJ Newfeld? I don't think I am. Uh, or if you think I'm being too nice to them, which some people may think I'm being too nice in the way I'm describing what happened on Saturday night. So that will do it. My sort of take uh, on what happened at the Continental Cup of Curling. Congratulations to Team Europe back-to-back championships. First time ever that Team Europe slash Team World wins back-to-back and for two years in a row dominated for most of the week. So when Scott gets back, we can have a discussion about what, if anything, that may mean for the future and the state of the game. But we'll leave that discussion for another day. Next up on the curling calendar, we have the Canadian Open out there in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, which is kicking off soon. If you have not yet, and it's still open as you listen to this, head on over to Curling Zone. Get your team in for Fantasy Curling as it returns for the Canadian Open. Always a fun event. Last big one before we get into the playdown season. Although the territories have already done theirs, uh, we are getting into the provincial playdowns for men's and women's play to see who will be at the Scotties and Briar in 2020. So this is our last big TV event before playdowns and then the conclusion of the season of champions. So that kicks off Tuesday. We will do our normal pick, Scott and I, but not on this show because I don't know what Scott's going to pick. But we'll uh, we'll post those on Twitter and, and do a full recap when he is back next Sunday and we have some more curling to talk about. And hopefully it's just the action on the ice that we have to talk about next week. So we will join you on Sunday. Have a great week, everybody. If you have not yet, of course, please do subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your show. Give us the likes, ratings, helps other people find the show, helps keep us going. You can also uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. And as always, you can email the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So thank you all for listening. I apologize that Scott's not here. Some of you may like that. Some of you may hate that. But he will be back next week. And until we talk to you then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...